0: I'm Barry Trammell.
1: I'm Jenny Carlson. Welcome to the Jenny and Barry Show.
0: Jacko, it's Bedlam Week. The Bedlam Farewell. Ollie Gordon is a superstar, and yet the theme has flipped. This has become a good old-fashioned important game. It's not just a farewell to Bedlam. It's not just uh, what's going to happen with Ollie Gordon. This is a matchup of first-place teams. OSU routed Cincinnati 45-13 on Saturday, moved into a five-way tie for first place in the Big 12, and the Sooners are in that logjam. We'll talk about the ramifications of this historic bedlam, including Oak Gordon. We'll also talk about OSU's win over Cincinnati and the sudden vulnerability of the Sooners. But first, we've got to thank our sponsors for supporting the Jenny and Barry Show.
1: MidFirst Bank, Laser Light Skin Clinic, the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, the Oklahoma Ford Dealers Association, drive into your best in Oklahoma Ford dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. Barry, I know we're going to talk about Bedlam, but let's look back to last weekend. You were in Stillwater for that game against Cincinnati. Uh, what, what did you think, uh, uh, about the Cowboys performance? Now we're, we're about a month out from that two game slide. Uh, how did your weekend go? Well,
0: my, uh, first of all, it was late. Uh, they gave the Cowboys a seven o'clock start. We don't get a ton of those anymore. Kudos to the OSU crowd. The weather was miserable, sort of like your weather in, in Lawrence, only without the uh, lightning delay, but I thought the crowd was fantastic. People still showed up and. Uh, Set through a little bit of a tense first half. Cincinnati played the Cowboys tough. But then in the second half, bang, 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 touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. OSU defense exerted itself. And then Ollie Ollie Gordon put the uh, game away with another cross-country touchdown run. So uh, a really uh, complete performance, I thought. Cincinnati's a last-place team. This is what you ought to do to a last-place team, right? You don't go messing around with them. So forty-five thirteen was a commanding performance going into Bedlam. I thought,
1: yeah, for sure. I had a chance to watch most of the second half of the game, uh, sort of during my travels. I listened to Dave Hunzaker and John Holcomb on the radio call driving from Lawrence to Kansas City uh, after the OU game. So I, I decided not to put it on the TV, on my phone, not to do the streaming. It was raining, as you mentioned, so I didn't really want to chance that, but uh, felt like uh, I could definitely listen in. So heard the first half, first half radio call, then watched the second half. And uh, yeah, Ollie Gordon, Barry, we just, we almost can't talk enough about Ollie Gordon. If it wasn't for this being the last bedlam, we'd probably just talk about him this whole segment.
0: Yeah, he's, he's, he's up to leading the nation in rushing. He's, uh, you know, 275 yards, uh, you know, 282 uh, and 271 the last two weeks. Uh, He's in Barry Sanders territory. That's uh, he, he doesn't have the greatest two game performance in cowboy history only because of Barry Sanders has the top three uh, of those uh, performances uh, in OSU history. But anytime you're grouped with with Barry Sanders, you're doing something right, and that Cowboy uh, offense is really going. It's really uh, doing some some old-fashioned football, lining up, pile-driving through the middle, uh, lining up in the pistol so Gordon is a true tailback. And it's just, uh, it's really, it's got to warm the hearts of Cowboy fans looking at the, uh, looking at maybe the, uh, oh, uh, the historical nature of it. Uh, but before we get into the football, let's talk some history. Yeah. Saturday is going to be a very strange day. The final scheduled Bedlam. I mean, you're still a very, a very young woman, Jekyll, but I'm an old man and all my life. I've known there's going to be a Bedlam football game, usually at the end of the season, sometimes earlier. And all of a sudden, Saturday night, about 6 o'clock, all of a sudden I'm, it's going to hit us all. Hey, this isn't going to happen again for a while. Um, what, what's your personal melancholy when you think about the demise of Bedlam?
1: Pretty high, I'll be honest. And I didn't really think about it until we got into this week um, I guess maybe, you know, sort of the week-to-week nature of things, you know it's out there. You knew a couple years ago that this was possible. When Oklahoma announced that they were leaving for the SEC, it seemed like it was possible that the, the, the rivalry would go on the shelf for a while. By last summer, uh, 2022 summer, we knew for certain it was going on the shelf. But still, it wasn't for me, Barry. I don't know how it was for you, but until this week that It really kind of hit me just what we were heading into here, this last bedlam. And I'm feeling kind of bummed. You were right what you said in uh, the intro. This is a game with huge stakes. I mean, to the uh, winner likely goes a big leg up to get to Arlington to the Big 12 title game. And we'll talk about that here in a minute. But, you know, it is the last bedlam. And we don't know when these two football programs are going to get on the field together again. So, if 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 I'm ranking it on a scale of 1 to 10, my melancholy is probably up in the 8 or 9 range. You've seen it a lot longer than I have, Barry. How are you feeling?
0: I'm just sort of – I'm not really melancholy. I'm just sort of – angry is the wrong word, but annoyed, I would say, at the powers that be, at the Sooners for leaving and messing it up, at OSU for not wanting to cooperate and schedule the game, Uh, at OU for not putting pressure on OSU to schedule the game. The whole notion of getting rid of games that we like, games that matter, yep. and and still keeping the, the games that don't matter at all. That just drives me nuts. That's where we are. I think we'll have another Bedlam game in the regular season. Uh, at some point, I don't know in the near future, far future, I don't know how to define that. I think it'll happen again relatively soon. But it's just its so needless that college football comes to this. That college football gets to the point where uh, it, it throws away tradition, it throws away games that people like, and and we support games that you know shouldn't be played even against a lower level competition, and uh, it's just so needless. Um, I I wonder though, uh, I, I've wondered how OSU fans feel though. Um, we all know the catchphrase, 91, 19, and 7. That's OU's advantage. It's inexplicable. Uh, there's no reason for the Sooners to be that much ahead of their in-state rival. The Sooners clearly have had a dominant program for decades, but uh, just through dumb luck, Cowboys should have won more than this. This is a chance for OSU to, to get back a bunch of revenge, though, to, to send uh, OU away with a defeat whoever wins this one's going to have maybe not eternal bragging rights, but lots of bragging rights. Yeah. And so I'm wondering, uh, how do you think that Cowboy fans are going to feel coming into this game? Are they going to be jacked? Are they going to be apprehensive? What do you think the atmosphere is going to be like?
1: Well, I think there has to be at least a, a bit of apprehension from what you said a second ago, just the lopsided nature of this rivalry, you know, a rivalry that OSU has gone into games. I mean, even if you want to just go in the recent past, Games that they've gone into with the better team or a team that's been on a fairly equal footing, we think, with what OU brings to the table and then to not win. Um, Obviously, OSU won in 11 when they won the Big 12 title, had the much better team, showed it. They won in 2021 20, uh, when they went to the Big 12 title game. Uh, you know, great classic game uh, with a big Colin Oliver tackle at the end of Caleb Williams to secure that victory. Um, so they, it's not that they've always lost when they've had the better team, but they have lost sometimes when they've had seemingly the better team or gotten blown out. So I think there has to be some apprehension there. Um, you know, and what you said, Barry, the fact that this one, You get to walk around and be the winner of the last bedlam until they figure out a way to play again. I've talked to several um, folks down from the great state of Texas. As they'll tell you, Texas and Texas A&M lost their rivalry a little over a decade ago. And um, Texas won at College Station, won at Texas A&M. And that's been something that Texas fans have (coughs) loved to have over A&M all these years. And so, yeah, this is this seems like it's not just in-state bragging rights or rivalry spoils, but something that's a little bit more. So, I think fans will be excited. I don't know what. What do you think the atmosphere is going to be like in Stillwater? We've seen all these sellout crowds in uh, in Stillwater for games this year, expecting another sellout. But what's that atmosphere going to feel and sound like on Saturday?
0: Well, I think it's going to be strange because look at look at the emotions of of the Cowboy fan base. Oh, in the last—I don't know—two months, um, you know, you didn't know what the Sooners were going to be this year. You didn't really know what the Cowboys were going to be. Season starts off. Sooners are looking great. Cowboys struggle. And if you're an OSU person, you have to think this is the sum of all fears, right? We do. You know, the the final bedlam, and it's going to be non-competitive. Uh, I had to. I ha- I got to think a bunch of OSU people thought about not using their tickets. Now you can do two things with an unused ticket. You can uh, put it in your pocket and just stay home or you can sell it and, uh, you know, bank a little bit of money. People buying tickets a month ago were wearing crimson. So how many OSU fans sold their tickets to OU fans in the last month? We've seen it reverse Sooners after beating Texas has, have sort of fallen back to earth. Cowboys have, have just uh, risen. Uh, to the top of the Big 12. This is not uh, in any way uh, a, a, a an OU route. In fact, in some ways, uh, you think Cowboys might have the advantage. Uh, at at uh, at the least, it's a toss up. So should be a great game. But depends. Uh, I want to know how many Sooner fans have found a way to get into Boone Pickens Stadium. Yeah. And then once once this game starts, uh, I think I think Cowboy fans are going to be really nervous because. This is this is a golden chance. What an opportunity to exert uh, to to get rid of a lot of frustration over the years to send the Sooners out as a uh, as a loser in this series. And uh, as we said, the high stakes of the game. Uh, Winner has the inside track to make it to Arlington, Texas for the Big Twelve Championship game. I just I think it's going to be a very it's going to be a great atmosphere. It's going to be a tense atmosphere. Yeah. That's what I think we'll see in Stillwater Saturday.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask about that because I feel like, um, you know, when it comes to like OU Texas, there's a lot of vitriol that goes on. um, But clearly those two schools leaving for the SEC together, this is a different vitriol. It feels like I don't I don't know that I'm necessarily predicting that, you know, there'll be anarchy in the stands and they'll, you know, need to have a, a judge in the, in the basement at Galgariba to exact, uh, you know, decisions on who gets thrown out and who gets thrown into jail. I'm not saying that it's coming to that, but I think it could be a little nasty kind of on edge. I, do you get that sense, Barry? I mean, I know that obviously, um, I think when you talk about bitterness, I feel like Mike Gundy leads the bitter, uh, angry parade amongst OSU folks. Obviously he's going to be needed on the sidelines, but, do you sense that sort of feeling? Is it going to be that kind of ugly in Stillwater? Or do you, I mean, I think it's going to be a great environment, but is it going to be tinged with a little bit of, uh, of nasty on Saturday?
0: Oh, I think it'll be nasty. That's sort of what college football is, right? I mean, uh, the rivalries are bitter. Uh, when they get a little one-sided, the bitterness rises. When they get uh when you talk conference realignment, the sooner's leaving the cowboys behind uh, for a while uh, threatening the financial security of o s u athletics uh, which you know for five six weeks we weren't sure what would happen um, yeah, the bitterness uh the nastiness I think it will rise um it it it'll come out really if if victory uh comes OSU's way. Post-game, potentially, I think, is is where you would see it. A field rushing, um, confrontations with players, staff, whatever. Um, hopefully, uh, if that does happen, uh, the authorities can get the Sooners off the field fairly quickly. OSU's Boone Pickens is one of those stadiums where the visiting team can get off pretty easy. The fans can't get on pretty easily. So we got a chance, you know, for, for, to avoid serious uh, confrontation, but I do think it very well could be nasty. I do indeed. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk some, uh, let's get away from the atmosphere. Let's get away from the environment. Let's talk some football. Ollie Gordon. uh, Can he be stopped? We heard Brent Venables talk today at his press conference. He's very high on Ollie Gordon. Uh, and of course, Prince, an old fashioned sort of, uh, old school football coach played linebacker coaches, linebacker, just, you know, he he likes toughness and he sees a lot of toughness in Ollie Gordon. Um, can Ollie Gordon be stopped? Can the, can the sooner stop this, uh, this runaway mine train?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a tough question. And it's obviously one that, I, I mean, Brent Venables clearly sees the challenge ahead with Ollie Gordon. You know, started off uh, one of the first things he said in his press conference was basically just a laundry list of all the, the things that he likes about Ollie Gordon. So clearly a lot of respect for what, what he can do. And, um, you know, I think, Barry, we've talked about this before, but Oklahoma State has done some things schematically to take advantage of what Ollie Gordon does best, which is get through the hole hit the accelerator, you know, see what's in front of him, make a cut, make a guy miss. Um, they've, they've not they, – it's no more dancing. There's no more side-to-side side or very little side-to-side. Side. They just get Ollie Gordon up the field. And if they're able to do that, which they've been able to do that to this point, you know, Oklahoma, I think, presents a more of a challenge than maybe their last few opponents. But let's not forget, I mean, K-State was in that mix, um, you know, a team that generally – it has its has its act together on on the front and the defense and and Ollie Gordon still was able to do some damage there. I don't know if he can go over two fifty like he has the last couple games. That seems like a high bar. But after 282 at West Virginia, I didn't think he'd go for 271 against Cincinnati. And then there he went. So can he be stopped? I suppose, but I just I don't think I don't think Oklahoma State's gonna neutralize him. I don't think he is kept under a hundred yards. I don't I don't know if I have a good feel for what I think the Ollie Gordon mark is that he needs to get over for Oklahoma state to win. Do you have a, I mean, obviously if he goes over 200, I think Oklahoma state's in the clear and winning for sure. But what's that, what's that mark in your mind about where Ollie Gordon maybe needs to get for Oklahoma state to have its best chance of victory?
0: Well, I I don't know that I've got a number. What I do have is, uh, you know, Gordon has hit some home runs the last two weeks, right? He's the 75-yarder the uh, against um, against Cincinnati, the 53 and the 46-yarders to end the game against West Virginia. But uh, you can, if you're a defense, you can survive a 75-yard run. What you can't survive is a guy that keeps getting 8, 10, 12-yard gains all day long, and Ollie Gordon has been the guy gets better and better. He seems to get stronger as the game wears on. The OSU run game really uh, accelerates throughout the course of the game. Um, you know, keeping Golly Gordon from a home run is one thing, but keeping him from you know doubles off the wall, where you know when it's when it's third and six, OSU's liable to run him up the middle or second and eleven. Here he comes again. And he either picks up the first down or puts the Cowboys in position to pick up a first down. Those are the plays that make a difference in the game. So, and, and here's, here's, here's where I think the Cowboys have the advantage. The style of play that OSU has re- reverted to here in the last, well, the month of October, you don't see that a lot in college football anymore. This yeah. is old fashioned power football. This is Ollie Gordon lining up behind Alan Bowman and Bowman takes the snap and turns and hands it to Ollie Gordon. This is this is straight out of out of uh, 1969 I formation, Big 10, Big 8 football. And sooner's haven't seen anything like that. They've seen the, the zone reads and the RPOs and all the the modern vernacular where a guy might, you know, go sideways for a few yards, then cut up and those kinds of things. They don't, you know, the the old-fashioned, uh, you know, uh, workhorse tailback that's not what the Sooners have seen, so I think it's to an OSU's advantage that they're able to to spring something on on something the Sooners see on film, but really have not experienced in this season.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. I think if we're, as we're talking about uh, OSU advantages, I would put the run game at the top. I think that that's clear. But then I think it's interesting to look at the other side of the ball. And you know, Oklahoma has struggled to run the ball itself. While OSU's had this great success with Gordon and, you know, the power run game and all that they've done, Oklahoma's still trying to figure out what they are doing with running back. Uh Tywee Walker, to me, I've said it since about game two of the year, looks like the best running back they've got available. Now, maybe once Javante Barnes gets healthy or Gavin Sachuk gets whatever. I don't know where those guys are in terms of health, but they just have not been nearly as effective as Tywee Walker. Well, he gets hurt at Kansas, so his availability is seemingly on the positive, but don't know. But still, Oklahoma's struggling to figure out its footing in the run game, and I think, Barry, I think the Oklahoma State defense has been Really, pretty good when it comes to the run stop. Um, you know, they've they they pursue real well side to side. They they get guys to the ground pretty well. They've been tackling a lot better. Um, so I think that when you're looking at where could Oklahoma State's defense maybe uh, make the biggest impact, I gotta think they're gonna be. King on stopping the run and, and force Oklahoma to throw the ball. Now, I know that may seem counterproductive because Dylan Gabriel is still a good quarterback, but it just feels like Oklahoma's run game is squishy at best. And that's where Oklahoma State can really maybe make Oklahoma one dimensional offensively. And then, um, you know, can Oklahoma throw the ball? Can they throw it deep? Can they stretch the field? I think those questions then come into play about OU.
0: Well, that, that's clearly OSU's disadvantage, right? Yeah. Uh, the secondary with so many young players, they've been susceptible to, uh, to uh, long pass plays, uh, West Virginia and Kansas, uh, two game stretch. OSU gives up seven touchdown passes of 30 to 49 yards. And none of them were little dink or dunks where somebody makes somebody miss and, and runs to a touchdown. Those are long balls through the air. Uh, we didn't see that against Cincinnati, mostly because Cincinnati is inept at passing the ball. The Sooners are not inept at passing the ball, but OU has had a couple of games where they've sort of gone away from the deep ball. They didn't do it at Kansas. They didn't do it against SMU. It was bewildering. Everyone wondered why. I think uh, I think the Cowboys secondary will be tested. I think uh, Dylan Gabriel will try to go deep. On this, on the uh, Cowboys' secondary, it's just a matter of can they stay in position? Can they, uh, you know, can they run with those Oklahoma receivers? Uh, we, we've seen the secondary play pretty good, just have a few breakdowns which lead to home run plays. That's definitely, I think, where the uh, the Sooners have an advantage and where the Cowboys really have to shore some things up. Um, finally, let's get to the ramifications of this game, Jacko. Mm-hmm. The winner of this game is going to arlington if they win out yep. so uh, both both of these teams control their destiny if osu wins they've got the easiest road left of anybody yeah after after ou they play at central florida um at houston come home from brigham young that is a uh, a very manageable schedule now OU's remaining schedule is the second easiest uh, Sooners have uh, they, they got West Virginia,
1: BYU, BYU,
0: TCU. So yeah. it's a you know it's a manageable schedule too. But who, you know, you were at that South Alabama game in September. Literally no one walked out of Boone Pickens Stadium that night, thinking the Cowboys would make it to Arlington. But here we are. You win this winnable bedlam, and the Cowboys probably are Ar- Ar- Arlington bound.
1: I know. Unbelievable. And, you know, when the season started, you thought, well, maybe they'll be in the running. You know, obviously they lost a lot off of last year's team. But with the parity that has evolved and emerged as the story in the Big 12, you felt like, okay, maybe K-State is a prohibitive favorite. Oklahoma, Texas, Texas looked like it was as good uh, Talent wise, as they had been in a while, but with no Texas on the schedule, you thought, well, maybe Oklahoma State can figure out a way. And then after that loss to South Alabama, everything seemed, you know, impossible at that point. I mean, frankly, you looked at a super easy schedule that the Cowboys had and said. Where are two more wins? Where are three more wins? How do they get bowl eligible? We asked those questions on this very show, Barry, and it wasn't crazy at the time. So the fact that they're in the conversation for Arlington and will look to be the front runner to get to Arlington if they win on Saturday afternoon in Stillwater is a remarkable turnaround. It's almost as head-scratching as the reverse last year. Now, we knew sort of why that was happening because Spencer Sanders got hurt, but Oklahoma State going from a high of beating Texas, their top 10 in the country, and then just a precipitous free fall that ended with a a bowl game but still a a, a not-great finish for the Cowboys. Now it's the reverse. You know, they start not great, but they figure some things out and here they are with a chance to go play for a Big 12 title. I mean it it is a remarkable turnaround and you know what a you know what a uh, a a what a season what a launchpad this could be for heading into the Big 12 without Oklahoma, without Texas, bringing in the four corner schools from the Pac 12 to join the other four new teams. If Oklahoma State gets to Arlington and you know if they go and win that game, they are I, I mean, I think they have a very strong case for being the premier program in the new Big 12. And, wow, it, you know, I just didn't think we'd be at this point talking about the Cowboys right now.
0: No, uh, me either. Uh, as you mentioned, you know, last year was a was a crazy year. Um, it's a lot easier to fall into a pit than to climb out of a pit. Cowboys have done both. Uh, fell in last year, climbed out this year. Uh, you got to give it up to Mike Gundy and his team. For what a crazy and successful October to make this Bedlam game not just historic, but very meaningful. All right, score prediction. Jacko, what do you got for Bedlam 2023?
1: All right, well, we uh, we did score predictions on our OU edition of the Jenny and Barry Show, so I got to be consistent. I'm staying with the Cowboys winning 34-31, I may be a little high on points, but I think that that's a, a, a strong possibility that both teams are in the upper 20s, low 30s. So I just think with the momentum that OSU carries, um, I think the, the places where it has advantages and the Stillwater factor. I like the Cowboys to win this final bedlam. I, I think it would be great for the last game to be a classic game, to be a close game. Um, I think that this rivalry deserves that. So my biggest hope is that it's, it's a close, competitive, down-to-the-wire sort of game. And then if I have to give a sore prediction, I'll go OSU.
0: Well, I am going to change. Um, I'm not going to stick with my prediction because uh, if, you, if you waffle, you can be right on both ways. No, that's not true. <laughs> on the OU show, I said I'm picking OSU. I am picking OSU. Um, I just think they're, they've been playing better. Uh, I don't know what's happened to the Sooners since Dallas, but two uh, down-to-the-wire games, and, and you know, you could have lost them both, could have won them both. And OSU has not been playing those kinds of games. They've been playing commanding football and and uh, beating some really good teams in Kansas State, and Kansas, um, West Virginia to a lesser extent. So I like the way the Cowboys are playing. I think they win it. Uh, I think the home crowd gives them. The edge, and uh, I think this final Bedlam is going to go orange way.
1: All right. Well, that's all the time we've got this week. Obviously, lots of Bedlam content yet to come on Sellout Crowd. Remember, though, Cowboys host the Sooners at 2.30 p.m. Saturday on ABC, and we'll have all that content at selloutcrowd.com, or you can find our stuff at barrytrammell.com and jenny-carlson.com. If this happens to be your first time hearing or watching us, be sure to subscribe to our show on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. And if you like what you hear, please leave a review or a comment. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week.